it's not just the physique that you're bringing, but also the presence and confidence that you also exude on stage. That there alone is what wraps up that beautiful package at the end of the day. So it represents, you know, you bring a stellar physique, but how can you actually display that on stage with poise, grace, and ease? Everybody. Hello, hello. Okay, we are so excited today. We have our very, very special guest with us. So we want to welcome our very first Olympian to the pod. She's competed in the Pro League since 2018, stepping on stage over 30 times, including stages like the New York Pro, Tampa Pro, Chicago Pro, as well as the prestigious Arnold Classic, and of course, the Mr. Olympia, where she plays top 10. Please welcome to the show, Jazzy Gonzalez. Thank you. Here with you guys. Yeah, we're so excited to have you here. Um, We have done a couple interviews in the past and because we are called the overall package podcast um of course in bikini the overall package is very important um more so than any of the other categories and we like to ask our guests um what does the overall package mean to you Oh my goodness. So it means a lot of things. It's multiple factors in one. It's not just the physique that you're bringing, but also the presence and confidence that you also exude on stage. That there alone is what wraps up that beautiful package at the end of the day. So it represents, you know, you bring a stellar physique, but how can you actually display that on stage with poise, grace, and ease to really entertain the judges and grasp their attention. So having everything on point from your hair to your tan, to your nails, to your makeup, to your suit, every detail is important to bring to the stage. That physique, yes, but everything else I think is what really makes or breaks it at the end of the day. Love that. Couldn't have said it better ourselves. Yeah, and you're like the queen of bringing all of that to stage. (laughs) Um, I remember, I remember you were, I think at your first Olympia, I was just blown away. I said, just like the red suit. Am I right? Red suit? Yeah, red suit. And I just that full energy, you truly embody what you just described. And it's no wonder you're such a fantastic competitor as well as opposing coach as well. Thank you. I like to see it as a performance. It's like the one division outside of like fitness where you get to actually use your stage time to really draw in the judges, the crowd, all that. It's one. That's why I decided to do bikini. I was actually originally when I first started um, in bodybuilding or even just being coached, I was like figures what I was going to do. That's mm-hmm. all I saw and knew. I had a friend who inspired me and I was like, oh, figure. So I saw bikini girls posing. I was like, it was like a little dance, it's like a little presentation, like an actual routine. So, so that's what attracted me to bikinis because it's fun and you get to have a lot of fun bringing out your personality on stage. I feel like you kind of like radiate that 
outside of that as well so to be able to like bring your own personality to the stage and like really really let that shine through it's like it's so motivating to see especially as us amateur girls because uh obviously we like watch you and we look up to you so we love seeing it there you go just say be yourself that's it yes. just be yourself. Yeah. yeah that's that's like one really important thing about the overall package too is that it's going to look different on every single person and I mm -hmm. think you're a really good example of that because you do bring a presentation an energy a look that that stands out but it all works together like that is the most important thing is that like you really have to make it your own and uh you do because I'm going to yeah. tell you I had my best presentations by rocking my curly hair I was previously wearing straight haired wigs because yeah. it was always the rumors that bone straight was a thing but that's not authentically me so when I tapped into what makes me feel myself you know wearing my hair curly whether it's in a wig or it naturally out that's when I really was able to bring out my overall like presence and just that energy on stage so I urge girls Yes, you can have idols and people you look up to in this industry want to imitate certain things, but do your best to just be yourself. Get into your posing groove and feel it like you would be in the gym or out by yourself dancing. You feel yourself, you bopping your shoulders. Channel that. Channel that free love and you know aura that you're exuding and put that into your routine. Don't be anyone else but you. Yeah, I love that. I can definitely relate to that, especially my last season. I mean, I had spoken to you during one of my posing sessions and just like, I don't know, people ask me like, are you really going to go on stage bald? And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I am. <laughs> it might have not have worked out in my favor, but I did it and I felt good doing it. Right. I don't think I would have felt good if I was like, if I did try to wear a wig because I had tried on the outside and I was like, this just isn't me. And you wouldn't have been able to channel that feeling of yourself if you hadn't gone through that step. It may have not worked out, but at least you were able to tap in and feel that. And now you can channel from that, you know, adjusting the rest of the package for what looks best on stage at the end of the day. Because maybe the ball didn't work because you couldn't cover your back. But now you know how to feel like that bad bitch on stage mm -hmm. because you felt it. Now you know how to bring it out going right. forward. So yeah. like, just kind of like moving off of like going off of that, is there kind of a piece of advice maybe you can give our listeners that maybe are a little bit timid to kind of do that? Yeah, like the thing is there there's never going to be a time where there's no shows. There's going to be opportunity to compete all the time. So especially as an amateur, if you're either just starting out and you're really trying to find who you are, compete a few times if you have the ability to compete a few times compete a few times and trial and error different looks color suits hairstyles whatever it may be like try things out because you're never going to know what's best for you unless you do it at the end of the day that's why i said i've done over 30 pro shows you know not only just to find the conditioning and the physique aspect but to also try out the different hairstyles like doing my natural hair on stages didn't work because of the shrinkage and it's harder to maintain but I knew I wanted to go from being you know straight hair on stage to curly I tried a curly wig it was just a little off for me but I had to find the right texture eventually but I had to go through wearing a straight 
wearing a curly hair wig that was more wavy than it was my natural hair to wearing my natural hair and figuring out that, you know, it's hard to manage my natural hair, but I tried it and I never felt the best that I ever did till I did my natural hair, then found a wig that matched the curl pattern of my natural hair, where you seen my last show that I did and I freaking killed it. Like I've never felt so confident, comfortable, secure on stage than I ever was before. Like, I'm telling you, usually shake before I get on stage or if I'm doing my routine, I'm like trembling a little bit. You'll see it in my back with my booty shaking. I'm like, oh, why am I trembling? This is the only time I get nervous. I didn't get nervous last show because all the trial and errors that I did, even as a pro, like it all came down to this where I was able to finally put it all together, not just the hair, not just the makeup, but also my tan. I, it was the first, oh my God, I've been telling girls, five years of competing and I never did a DIY tan kit till last year. And I'm like, Jesus Christ, why did I never do this? It's I swear by that. Tan, best my tan has ever looked by doing it myself, but I always preach, I'll never do my own tan. But then I go and I try it finally. And for the first time after five years of being told my tan is too light, my tan is splotchy, it looks, yeah, it looks like this. I do my own tan and finally it's the best it ever looked. So going through shows, going through those experiences and getting those feedbacks, you have to try things out. So don't be afraid to try things out. The road ahead of competing is never going to end unless you decide to stop at the end of the day. Mm, that's real, real talk. I, I think that's a good piece for amateurs too, because in yes. my experience, sometimes I'll do one show and, you know, you feel beat up, your doesn't go the way you want, you're done. But mm -hmm. I, you know, you work so hard to get to that point, try something new. And like you said, if it's more authentic to you, you're probably going to display that on stage. I really get that. Yes. And it took you that long. It took you, what, 30 pro shows <laughs> in five years to be like, oh, so this is my look? Yes. <laughs> so like to everyone out there who's done like three shows and doesn't feel like it's fully clicked, like the whole overall package, it takes a long time. Like I, mm -hmm. I competed, yeah, I've competed for like five years. I think it was until my last season that I was like, oh, so this is how I want my whole package to come together. I see. Okay. And, and like, Allison is the queen of suit colors. Oh, I've done like every color. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Um, yeah, so I do have a question, though, about before you turned um, pro, how long did it take you to turn pro and how many shows had you done? Oh, it took me eight months and okay. I had competed in a total of six shows, three okay. amateur shows and three national shows. So pretty quick in the whole scheme. Pretty of quick. Wow, that's a lot of shows in eight months. Yeah. 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 Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> so just one long continuous prep? Yeah, so I had started that prep in, what was it, December 2016, gone stage March 2017, and then eight months after that, won my pro card at NBC oh, Nationals November 2017. Yeah. Wow. So, so, so like, this, it might have been a fast, you know, journey of just that, but it doesn't mm -hmm. take into account that all of 2016, I started bodybuilding-ish, like getting an actual coach to send me a training plan, kind of introduce my girls. I was terrible at that. I was eating with them. <laughs> But I was training for a full year. But then I also had, you know, my five years, six years of military service 
that I was, you know, physically active, doing military workouts, conditioning work. So my body was in a position where I was ready to get into a prep and it just kind of like went like that. So it's more so there was like full year of intentional training plus the training that I did in the military for five years before that start of actual training happened. So that's why it was so quick at the end of the day. And the discipline, like I already had the discipline, like aspect. I was a I sir, I ma'am, yes, yes, coach. I got it. Whatever you said, I'm gonna execute diligently. You don't gotta tell me twice, kind of thing. And that's where a lot of competitors have an issue. They start this, they don't have that skill developed well yet. Discipline is a skill that has to be practiced, and you know really built up in order to be able to get from amateur to pro to Olympian to winning the Olympia, that skill has to be refined. I'm still refining it now as a competitor, you know, so like reverse. Yeah. I think that can be like a big misconception too, from a lot of people is that like, you know, like you said, you had done years and years and years of work before you had even stepped on stage. And then people kind of see that, like they only see what they can see, which would be Mm -hmm. your competing history. And they're like, wow, it happened so fast for her. And there's people like, you know, like ourselves in this pod where we've all been competing for a long time and we still haven't like reached that pro level yet. And, you know, the people that come up fast, it's like, sometimes you don't see all of those years of work that they had done previously. So just like Zayraja, she was a, she was a tennis athlete. She did a whole bunch of different things prior to becoming pro and then winning her first pro show, second pro show. And she's at the Olympia already. And people are like, wow, she's so fast. And it's like, you forgot. Oh, she was a college athlete too. She did, I think, track and field in high school as well. Uh, don't quote me on that, but I know she's been very active as an athlete since her high school days. So it's like all that taken into account. It's like some girls just get into the gym out of nowhere and think that within six months that they should be getting on stage, winning shows and stuff like that. Maybe back in 2013, 14, when Bikini first started, but not today. Even what if I would have come today, I couldn't. I'm like 2017 Bikini to now completely different so yeah yeah, there's years different sport right yeah Yeah. um I also wanted to say thank you for your service genuinely that is such a unique experience compared to I'm sure a lot of competitors and there is I'm sure nothing like that discipline that you learned so yeah eons ahead because of that experience (laughs) Uh yeah that's awesome I wish I had that level of discipline like (laughs) I do. I do in bodybuilding. I always did, but like in anything else in my life, like I just, yeah, like I feel like I wish that I had that. <laughs> you just need somebody screaming in your face when you need to feel like it's life or death. <laughs> yeah. That's how you develop it. <laughs> but I mean, even you mentioned, you know, things like reverse diet, it's, it's nice to hear that it's happens to anyone and everyone it at does. any level. It's, it's hard. Like, it's like now is the first time in six years of competing that I'm finally sticking to a reverse diet. I'm like at 90% on point, which is better than me not being on point at all. But it's taken me six years to finally be like, all right, let me get my head together and (laughs) actually stick to something, you know? Yeah. 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 It's hard to do. A lot of people don't realize too. I think like after the stage is harder than before. Yeah, because you're just mentally checked out. You're like, all right, you know, the work is done. Try to relax. (laughs) 
<laughs> for real. All right. Well, so we had kind of spoken previous to us hopping on the pod. And uh, you had kind of mentioned that a big priority of yours this past year or season had been your mental health. And I know a lot of people, especially with recent years, can relate to that, myself included. Um, So we kind of just wanted to dive a little bit into that. Um, So first, I guess we kind of just want to know, like, what did you notice within yourself that told you that you were kind of reaching, and I quote, rock bottom and needed to kind of start making those changes so what I realized it honestly was the beginning of 2022 I actually have had a conversation with you know my previous coach about it I was telling her you know I just you know I just went through a crazy breakup a whole bunch of stuff that was surrounded by that it kind of you know threw me for a loop And then, you know, I was kind of like at the wits with my competitive career. Went great, won a show for the first time, but then I went to the Arnold. It was okay. Then I went to the Olympia. But at that point in 2021, mentally, I was out of it. All this stuff that I was facing, you know, from that breakup, which then came with a whole bunch of like, you know, traumas and things like that that started coming in it's like why am I choosing these people in relationships what's causing all this stuff just start coming in I'm like what 29 at this point so it's that time in life where you start to realize a lot about yourself a lot of self-reflection and awareness that starts to come in so I started to feel myself going to a very dark place I left California when I was living there moved to Tampa and I'm by myself now I don't have my family I have friends all that stuff but I'm by myself and I'm facing all the stuff. I get COVID and then I'm all completely alone. So just so much stuff that kept me in a state of isolation that had me really in my mind as to why am I in this position? And so when January, 2022 comes around, I'm speaking with my coach like about wanting to start prep and then we get into, you know, starting prep. But at this point, I'm like, not hitting my macros on point, skipping cardio, just knew that something wasn't right, but I still didn't want to hundred percent admit it. But I knew I was leaving clues along the way by telling my coach, I don't think I'm acting like, you know, I'm not performing like the athlete I know that I am. You know, I am eating 500 calories of macros from tomorrow today and having to play catch up come check in day, you know, the Wednesday before check and I'm like eating 200 calories because I blew through my macros for the week trying to play catch up, but I've never done this before, you know, and those can encourage, let's keep pushing, let's keep pushing. So already having, you know, the relationship traumas, all this stuff like that, the realizations of stuff like that, throw in, family issues. Oh my God, throw that burden on my plate. All right. Now I got all this stuff going on and I'm in the midst of prep, you know, but I'm going to focus in on prep too. So now my focus is spread thin between so many things. And this is where I'm starting to feel like I'm really about to fall off and then throw in financial issues. Boom. That's when shit just hit the fan for me in 2022. When I competed in July and August, once it came to August and I finally got to do the uh, travel to San Diego, which was my last show of 2022, I went to go there to help my mom move my dog over from California to Florida. And it was a whole crazy thing going on with my family. And that's when I knew I had to pull the plug. 
because not only, you know, was life around me like shambles, my competitive career was being affected. You know, I, yes, cool, placed second at Tampa Pro, placed second at Chicago, great. But then I went to San Diego and I got sixth. And I knew then and there, I'm like, okay, I cannot keep up with this because I'm still doing the same thing that I was doing in the beginning of the year cheating on my diet a bit, you know, not 100%, even though over the course of the week, it was okay. It was not on the day to day basis. So that's where I was like, I really need to take a step back. I can't keep going forward. I'm financially shit. My family's going to shit, you know, my life around me, I'm in a terrible like relationship after, you know, going from one thing, you know, I waited a couple months getting to a new thing that I didn't recognize because of unhealed parts of myself. I chose another bad person that I you know, didn't recognize at first that was really on my mind, weighing me down. So at all this where I didn't realize that because of being in prep, your focus is so much into prep that there's no way you can focus on everything around you. Unless you start focusing on everything around you, now your prep is being uh, sabotaged or sacrificed some parts. So it's like I was one foot in here, one foot in here, and both parts were just going to shit. And so that's when I finally recognized, you know, Prep, all that stuff will always be there, but this life shit, until I take care of it and address what's going on, not just with the, I know these for a fact things need to be taken care of, but what's actually going on in my mind, this over here is not going to be successful at all. So that's why I finally, after, you know, that last show, I was like, I really need to take a step back. I need to get better financially, mentally, need to get my family stuff in check, see what's going on there. So I'm ready to actually come back. And so when I got into, you know, 2023, you know, I left the boyfriend that I was with. I moved from Tampa down to West Palm Beach, started a life here. You know, I got into, uh, I started serving at a strip club, which dead ass was amazing. It was a great, you know, confidence boost and a exposure to like the world and recognize, recognizing the different behaviors of people, personalities, things that I needed because I went from as a kid, you know, straight from home, a mom that was very militant herself in a way, you know, very strict to go into the military. So I'm only around certain kinds of people. So I recognized for myself, I needed to be exposed to so many different kinds of people to learn behaviors, understand things that my radar or what I had wasn't picking up on that got me into predicaments with people that, you know, would just take, take, take for me. Cause I'm extremely giving, I'm giving to the point where I'll give till um, there's no more left of me kind of thing. Yeah. And that's what happened to me, you know, the years prior in 2021, 2022, and even before then, because I was very, it wasn't easy for me to recognize these things. So I found myself at that point and then, like I said, 2023 is where I started to come back up. You know, I started to take time to myself, do things that fulfilled me and kind of, you know, got me out of that. Yeah. Yeah. Thank, yeah. thank you so much for sharing that because I think we need to almost like normalize those issues because a lot of people try to pretend that like they don't have them. Like the older I've gotten to, I realize, okay, like I'm not the only one that like has family issues or financial issues or has to take a step back from something that's really, really important to me. Cause you're right. Like real life shit is that's the real life shit and competing <laughs> is always there. So I really resonate with that. And I think that the other girls will be able to, too. And um, yeah. yeah one you. other thing that I also noticed is 
this is something to shout out the people who've worked with me. My business as a posing coach and a coach were sinking. My turnaround time to replying to girls, shit. Mm -hmm. I was in such a state of isolation that I couldn't even bring myself to even let anybody know I was going through anything, you know? And so then because of that, it still stalled me from clients checking in with me. I'm like, I don't even have the mental capacity to even take care of myself. I can't even take care of these girls. So that's when I knew I really had to address something and step away from all the craziness that was pulling me different ends because not only was it a affecting you know that but it was affecting other people that were relying on me for their care at the end of the day you know so that's where it really hit me is when not only yes it's going to affect me financially too but I'm affecting other people at the end of the day and that's where I knew I had to really really step back and face some shit yeah Yeah. well I can see that oh go ahead Allison oh I was gonna say I'm a coach myself and I've gone through that and even recently like had something come up in my life and have had to reach out to my clients and be like Hey, FYI, I'm going through this right now. Um, and luckily, I feel like the people I work with are super understanding always. But like, yeah, it really weighs on you, like, just from a coaching perspective, but also as an athlete, just knowing that you're, you're spreading yourself so thin that you can't perform in any area of life, mm-hmm. not even just competing, but anything, so, anything. Yeah. yeah. And I wanted to say how much I respect you for recognizing the type of people that you're around and the personalities you're used to and saying, Hey, I've got to expose myself to the world. Because I think for a lot of people, we just get really comfortable with what we're used to and we can be, you know, let ourselves be treated like a lot less. And it Mm -hmm. sounds like you've experienced that. So props to you. That is a really difficult thing to do. Thank you. (laughs) Was there a moment in that journey where you were like, ready to open up to somebody and like have that help yeah so we're honestly I didn't like specifically go and like oh tell like that this was happening it was more so my mom was there along the way kind of thing shout out to all the moms yeah mama fresh (laughs) no she just always was there in a way where she could sense that I wasn't myself kind of thing. And, but she would give me my space till I was able to really open up. It was honestly not to like completely cut off that guy. (laughs) 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 I don't think that. I already told you how I feel. I promise I'm done. (laughs) Mama knows. Uh Yeah, but that's where it really was, is like being able to kind of like give spurts of it where I just naturally start to open up like little bit by little bit. And that's where I know that I'm kind of on that over the hump because I I like I suffer in silence kind of thing. Like if I'm dealing with something, the world's going to only know from my you know silence at the end of the day. And a lot of people would reach out. I had to be like, we haven't posted on Instagram in three weeks. And I'm like, mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm, I'm dying mentally. Sorry. <laughs> Yeah, I, I can imagine that when you have your type of personality, right? People are like, you've been a little quiet recently. Oh, mm-hmm. Where are you at? Yeah. <laughs> did you feel like, did you feel like because you were kind of a little bit in the spotlight more, do you think that had affected you a little bit? Yeah, well? you know, when you're, especially one, I was on a big team too, and a coach on a big team. So there was a lot of, you know, responsibility with that too. You know, you have to be posting, you have to be sharing, you have to be promoting, you have to always be 
relevant at the end of the day, you know, and then being not only just a coach on big team, but also being an Olympian and a previous top 10 Olympian. And people are looking to see what your next move is. You know, usually at the end of the day, like I literally get less kind of thing, but the pressure more so came from the work that I did working for a team that really wants to be highlighted, limelighted and all that stuff. That's where a lot of the pressure came at the end of the day. And then I couldn't help it. I'm like, hey, you know, I know you want me to post a certain amount of times in a month, but you know what? I need to, I can't be posting, you know, I'm out of here. I got, I can't mentally, physically make myself do it. Like, what am I going to say? I don't have anything to say that's relevant or, you know, important that I felt at the end of time. So and it's yeah, just those- not genuine and people pick yeah, up on that too. No, right? It didn't feel genuine. I was like, I feel like I'm just posting to post and it's just, it's not me or what I care to talk about. So at that point I'm like, silence yeah yeah mm-hmm. and so was that a big part of switching um coaches then like I know that you re- like it was this year right it was beginning of 2023 that you switched to your coach right so yeah it was a big yeah. thing like I wanted to really just work with somebody that it felt less like that big team dynamic you know of course cash has a team but it's not like this thing where it feels like you you have if you're on the team even though you're just uh, an athlete that's supposed to be an individual it feels like you're pushed into you have to be part of the team kind of thing you know and then of course yes I'm the coach part of the team so that throws it five times more that you are part of this team and you have to represent the team you know so I made the switch because I really just wanted to feel individual like an individual within this and just make my own way like create a path for myself at the end of the day was there a lot of pressure when you switched like again from being in the spotlight was that like really difficult it was you know because I had a great relationship with Jamie and Greg you know I had a great relationship there was a lot of things that you know factored into the decision like I've been able to speak with them recently and kind of like clear things up because at first it wasn't that great of a switch you know I had heard some rumors or things that you know it was like plausible that these things were being said about me. And though they want, people want to deny, confirm whatever it is at the end of the day, I don't like to hold on to things. I like to just express my grievances in a tactful way. Be like, hey, you know, no hard feelings, but I just don't associate with XYZ drama, gossip, stuff like that. And I just want to excuse myself so I'm not a victim in the future of XYZ said drama and gossip so before that happens I'm gonna exit you know there was you know their desire to try to reconcile and all stuff but I was like I need some time to kind of sit on this think about it before I can open up that conversation again so at first there was some pressure because you know I'm jazzy and people know that I joined this team and I'm a coach with this team and I'm this on that and so at first yeah it was hard there was a lot of pressure but at the end of the day you know I had went through a whole year away from competing so it was like also that was really good for me in a way where I completely like removed myself like in the limelight that I'm with this team still or working and stuff like that because people had questioned at a point like in the middle of the year around like April is Jazzy still with that (laughs) behalf I'm like yeah I'm still (laughs) yeah and I think it's like important to note too that just because somebody like leaves a team or goes somewhere else it doesn't have to be 
for a whole bunch of reasons. It could simply no. just be for the fact that like you're ready to like have a different approach or exactly. And that was really it too. Like different approach. Just wanted to see what can be done for me. You know, I was with the body fusion for almost two year two competitive years that I had. So, you know, I just saw it as I just want a different look, a different approach to it, a different coaching style. You know, uh -huh. I'm prior military and you know Cash comes with the direct bop, beep, bop, bop. Like, don't tell me. Like, I, great, granted, I'm a pro. I know I look good. I look good compared to most people. So I don't need to be told every check-in. Things are looking wonderful. You look amazing, that, that, that. It's like, that's great and all. However, i rather be told things are moving along the right direction. Let's keep pushing hard because we got work to do. I would mentally, I just push harder for a good compliment. So that's what the difference was with Cash is, you know, he'll just tell me things are moving in the right direction. We're just going to keep pushing. Okay. Till he finally tells me closer to the show. Wow. You look incredible. I'm like, yeah. Cause I pushed hard week to week versus feeling like I can let off the gas. Cause I'm told I look great. You know, so that was an also a different thing. Nothing against Jamie's coaching style because people thrive off that coaching style too. However, you know, I still placed the same and didn't look significantly better from where I was prior to Jamie. You know, I still placed in the top five, which I was doing before, you know, but I knew I needed different leadership. I needed to feel intimidated to improve. Like, I need to be like, I can't go and tell my coach I fucked up this week because he's going to be like, it's okay. And that was the difference is like when I would say with previous coaching, I'd be like, hey, you know, I messed up this week. I keep eating over my calories. It's okay. Let's just try to do this. Try to hit your macros. Try to do instead of if I told Cash, like I told him, and it's my reverse. I'm in my reverse. And it was just after Thanksgiving. And I told him, yeah, I had maybe like 300 extra calories the last two days. And he goes, and he's like, things look good not great and we want them to be great and i was like okay there sir. Go. all right <laughs> and that's what i need being you know at the top wanting to be at the top like there's no room for error at this point for me so i can't be told it's okay to make those mistakes because mentally you're gonna think oh he said it's okay so i can try that i can try to be sneaky or do something like that again nah i needed to feel like i got eyes like on me that i better act the fuck right <laughs> Yeah, girl. I think that's so important, even for amateurs in choosing a coach, right? You need someone who matches your style and not what you want, but what you need. Yeah, You know what you need. You need that yes. hard ass and it's good. I do. hundred <laughs> percent. So how do you think that you guys approached this prep different, differently to kind of ensure that your mental health was still a priority to you? So honestly, it was just me coming and letting him know I'm in the right spot. Like I was ready, you know, versus like when I told you previous last prep, I had the conversation a couple of times with my coach telling her I didn't feel like the athlete I needed to be, you know, and that should have been grounds as a coach to be like, eh, let's pull the plug at the end of the day. After already having a very bad year, the previous year, 2021 was the crazy ass year for me, you know, leaving my old coach before in that whole situation. And then to go into 2022 already in that suppressed mindset and to tell not once, but twice, three times that I felt a certain kind of way, but to still be pushed into prep. It's like, no, like that was a thing for me was another deciding factor is like, I'm telling you that I am not in a place to compete, but I'm still being pushed and pushed to compete versus 
go to a coach that I'm saying, I am 100% there. And they can tell if you are or not, especially with the first few weeks of being in a prep, if you're adhering or not kind of thing. And so that was it for me. Like I knew I was ready to go because I had my ducks in a row. I was stabilized in life finally and ready to give my all to it. Um, was it 2021 that you did the Arnold? Yes. And was that the year you did the Olympia as well? Was the 2021? I did 2020 was the Olympia that okay. I did. I got top 10. And then 2021 yeah. is where I did the Arnold. And then I okay. did the Olympia. Mm -hmm. And you did the Olympia again the next in 2022 mm -hmm. as well. No, 2021. So 2021. Yeah. So I can see how like, even though 2021 was like met your mental health was in the garbage at the time right. but you were yeah. but competitively like you were at the top of the game and so uh -huh. I can see how it would be so like I was actually we were chatting about this before we interviewed him like I I bet you as a coach like your old coach too would be so like excited to keep that competitive ball rolling but like you like everyone needs a break at some point unless you're Ashley Kay um yeah but a break she had yeah. a break still in her career. She started competing yeah. what, she like did. 2013? Yeah. She had like a two-year break yeah. and then came yeah. back and has been running and gunning for a few more years. Yeah. So it's like I've been running and gunning since 2017 yeah. and finally took a break. Yeah. And yeah. it's 2022. Yeah. It's yeah. crazy it to like look at it like that too. Like of how many weeks you would have been grinding and pushing and digging deep. Like there's only yeah. so much or so long you can do that because like you had said earlier in in the interview you know like once your once your bucket is empty you cannot fill anyone else's uh -uh. like at all so because we just recently did an episode actually about like when to kind of pull back from the stage and we kind of touched on that too and it's just like you really have to listen to yourself and not all those external voices too because mm -hmm. yeah. I, I remember like when I once you start pushing past that again, it's not going to be genuine to you either. Yeah. I remember when I first started competing, I was like, Oh, I want to do a show every year so that I can put my side by side pictures of like, like improving each year so that I can be like, Oh, like every year I can like compare a new stage photo. And like, that was a huge part of me picking shows. And I look back now, I'm like, Oh, so you wonder why you burned out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's funny. <laughs> yeah but um yeah that's really like nice of you to share super candidly too about like the switching coach process because that can be really hard for people even at like the amateur level especially if your coach is local and you know them and you see them at shows and stuff like that so yeah just for anyone listening um do you have like words of encouragement when like looking for a new coach or um, yeah obviously, like, like you found one that works for you but yeah, at the end of the day, it's like sit and interview the people that you're potentially wanting to work with, but then don't forget that you're paying these people. I know there's a little bit of a pressure to maintain loyalty to people, and that's the biggest thing that I see a lot of competitors run into is that they're loyal to a fault, which is a great attribute to have to a certain degree. However, 
you need to see, do these people, you know, reach the expectations that you have? Do they have the qualifications to continue to get you to where you want to be? You know, if your goal is to become a pro one day and you're working with a local coach who has zero pros and doesn't create any of that, that should just be a huge, you know, sign to you that you may need to hire somebody more qualified. That's an easy given one. But then if you go into the, you know, athlete coach, you know, relationship, that dynamic of how this person's able to lead and guide you, do you genuinely feel this person's able to steer you in the direction that you need to be, you know, not only physically, but mentally, can they push you to that spot that you want to be? Yeah, because there comes a point where, you know, as a competitor, you're going to reach a dark spot. You know, you're going to feel like you're at odds. You're looking in the mirror. You don't even recognize who you are. You're like questioning every single thing. Do you have the right person in your corner to be able to guide you out through that? Or that's going to further throw you into that hole. So, you know, you have to find person that matches your personality, leadership style that you really need? Do you need somebody who's going to be a tough ass on you, who's going to call you out on your bullshit, or somebody that's going to coddle and carry and hold your hand away? You know, there's different people for different things. And always remember at the end of the day, it is a business. Like I said, you're paying for these people. If your investment of what you're paying for is not reaping the benefits or you're not getting the results out, you might want to consider changing and it's okay. It's okay. You know, it doesn't have to be this thing where it was a nasty reason why you had to leave a coach. It doesn't have to be. It could literally be the most amicable split at the end of the day. It's just not fulfilling you anymore. You've exhausted the means. It's okay, you know, to move on and forward to, you know, if you're going to a massage therapist and they're not getting into your issues the way you need to, are you going to still have a guy digging their elbow into your back that doesn't feel good? Are you going to still let that happen? No, you're going to go find another massage therapist because that didn't feel good. It wasn't serving you anymore. You know what I'm saying? So that's how I like to kind of, you know, compare it so that it doesn't get into your head so much. Because I've been there where I've stayed with a coach because of loyalty and just stayed and all that stuff. No, be realistic. What are you paying for? Are you getting what you need out of it? I love that. It's real talk. Competitors all know what the the massage therapists do. <laughs> we can all relate there. <laughs> we need <Yeah>. it. <laughs> and, um, oh, do you have a question, Ash? Go ahead. Oh, okay. I think I just wanted to, I think we just wanted to chat about this season a little bit, like your current season. So I think Ash had some questions. Oh, we were just uh, going to kind of ask you, you know, what is your strategy now moving forward now that like you have your look kind of dialed, your coaching kind of dialed, like everything. And obviously now you said you're kind of like on that up journey now. So yeah, kind of. So our strategy really is to maintain upper body, but you know, we got to grow the upper glutes a little bit. That's really the feedback at the end of the day. But I think our strategy, the biggest thing is having a successful reverse and not 
letting myself go off the deep end. Like I carry body fat easily in my lower body, regardless of my waist, my upper body stays snatched and shredded. That's my problem area. So it's just being able to mitigate that issue from being a problem going into the next prep, because that'll allow me to keep the conditioning lower half without getting too shredded up top. Because that was another thing I was told my shoulders at first looked pretty jacked. And I was like, yeah, you right. Um, <laughs> thank you though, because I was told to bring my shoulders up. But anyways, we got to bring that down a little so it's not so apparent. But I get super shredded up here while I'm trying to get my lower body shredded. So and so not to have that issue, it's just keeping myself within like eight pounds of my stage weight for now to be able to start prep. Like I would say like January, I'll be starting prep because I'm going to be competing in the clash March 30th. So that's the next show. We're going for 2024 oh, qualification. Yeah, we can see that shoulder vein popping. Oh yeah. no, it's ridiculous. It's there all the time. <laughs> what about um what about the Arnolds? Is that something I don't know? When is the list coming out? When did when that do comes we... out like literally soon? Like probably this okay. week it should be coming out. Okay. Coming up. It should be coming out. But no, it's not on. I want okay. to be able to let some pressure off. I don't want to have no pressure going into the season just okay. yet. You know what I'm saying? I want to still feel like how I was feeling going into this prep is like the, you know, person that nobody expected. Literally, that's what they said on my show. They're like, we did not expect you. Like, they're like, we don't want to say that you came out of nowhere, but you really, you came out of nowhere. Oh, that's awesome, though. It's great feedback. So I kind of want that to still be the kind of factor. So we're going to hit the clash and then a couple of the bigger shows like New York, maybe okay. Pittsburgh. Mm -hmm. And that was that show that you just did your show quite recently was that the only show you did in 2023 yeah. then yeah and so how was that I'm just curious like a curiosity standpoint like as part of the overall strategy was that just like you and your new coach kind of testing yeah things, it was basically really us wanting it was me wanting to get back at it okay kind of. You know, I'd been away from stage for 12 months at the point that I had messaged and reached out to Cash because I was honestly supposed to start a prep sooner if I was still with Jamie, but just right. something didn't feel right. So that was part of the thing is like I stalled and lagged in starting a prep because I just didn't feel called to be like, hey, Jamie, let's start a prep. Like something was disconnected. It wasn't until like my boyfriend had actually said something. He's like, I feel like that you've been kind of stalling on like, do you think like it might be because of your coach I'm like you know what now that you say something I'm like that might be <laughs> and that's when I got on a phone call at the end of August with cash and I just felt it then and there I was like let's just do this let's see what happens let's maybe shoot for hurricane if I would have been ready by that time of hurricane I would have done it but I wasn't I was like I still need more time to you know prep we don't want to do anything aggressive we want to keep it still going like the way we had so we then got ready for the Atlantic so we I was trying to do at least two shows but I was happy with just doing the one and getting some feedback on like what to bring in the next year and to get lean enough you know I wanted to just recomp my body and kind of have a good starting point for 2024 too you know build up the muscle where I needed to drop the body fat see what the judges said did I bring my shoulders up enough do I need to add more size anywhere else where now I know I need to add more upper glute now I don't need to touch my shoulders anymore so it kind of makes the you know transition period into the next year's prep a lot smoother having done this one 
Yeah, that totally makes sense to me too, especially coming in because uh, we're in, we're from Canada. So you guys have your Thanksgiving to Christmas like pretty close. Mm-hmm. You're not in, you know, that good state where you've already shredded down some. You can see what you need to do. Man, the holidays can be rough yeah. if you like to eat. So I, I think I really, to... that was a good call for, yeah. It really I was. I would have went, went crazy this time yeah. around. I would have. I usually do, but I'm happy I established what I did in order yeah. to have a good start for the next year coming. Right on. Yeah. How did it feel just doing one show? Was it kind of just nice and it was nice it was honestly nice to be like you know once I know that I wasn't doing hurricane I was like all right I have one show to give it my all you know it really felt nice like being like I I don't have another show you know it would have been great to win to feel like I get yeah I gave it my all regardless but it had that you don't have it in the back of your head that oh if I don't win this there's another show to go next you know Mm -hmm. I'm I left no like gas in the tank kind of thing. I just did everything I needed to to a T that felt freaking fantastic. But because like in the past, when I knew that I'm going to hit four or five shows, it's like, all right, my effort is actually going to be at 80 percent just because I need to give enough effort for the following shows. Because if I gas out in the first show, I have four more and I'm not even ready to push as hard kind of thing. Mm. So in the back of your head, you're kind of like holding out a little bit or you're like oh this first show is a trial run and then the next one is actually going to be the real deal you know because that was a warm-up this didn't feel like it was a warm-up it was like I'm going into you know fight for a win kind of thing and that it felt great it really did knowing that other that's our only show and then it's reverse after that it's like Jennifer with the Olympia right gotta win yeah (laughs) yeah um how how was your prep uh like diet and training wise and cardio and everything like considering that you had a whole year off like did you notice a difference 100 percent. like it was dead off the easiest thing like I didn't dip below like what was it 13 1400 calories on my like last week and a half mm. and I was doing maybe what was it we went from I was doing at most 20 35 minutes of cardio till my last two weeks where I was doing like 50 60 and that was like the least that I've ever done in my entire prep mm-hmm. for a short amount of time so it was it felt like a goddamn breeze like this whole time even though there were hard days where like finishing cardio felt like it was a mission I was like I'm just happy I'm not doing like 75 90 minutes of cardio right now and just doing you know 60 or less but not for that long of a time so taking that whole year off it just allowed now my body to be in a prime position to lose body fat and to put on muscle because I hadn't been in a dieting phase in so long and so my body was just kind of like very responsive because of that and now as someone who had also worked with the same coach as you in the past I know that her approach was more like macro based. Are you still doing that approach or did you guys switch over to meal plan? So I'm still doing macro based, but like when it comes to peak week, he sends me a diet to follow. Mm -hmm. It'll be like, okay, what have you been eating so far in terms of your food choices? And I'm like, chicken thighs, my favorite. He's like, take those bitches out. You're eating 99 turkey. <laughs> 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 <Me> every time. <laughs> they just like simplified it so that it was easier to track, which was necessary because dead ass when I was on, you know, previous team, it was just like, 
And it was like, okay, cool. They check your check your MyFitnessPal to see that you're eating the right things. But it was like kind of like overlooked because how am I still eating a bunch of protein powder, making these protein mug cakes during peak week? I know. You know, all those little things. Oh, because if it's, it's in the macros, it's good. We, we look like we're making, but having that change of where it was like, it's peak week or it's like we're two weeks out. This is what we're going to make to be solidified kind of thing. So that was a big difference for sure. That really helped me dial in, especially my thing is always conditioning. Like we needed to make sure all the different variables were spot on salt intake, water intake, you know, the food choices I was making, how I was spacing my meals. That was another thing, like, you know, the whole meal plan versus macros thing. It's like, macros you're kind of you're kind of given a general guideline on how you should do things there was a difference in meal one at this time separated this many this many hours from this next meal do this that and the third that was like a big difference too in the whole peaking strategy as well it was like very deliberate concise clear instructions over there where the flexibility of macros was looming over there yeah I can totally like as an athlete that it's so hard to peak me like it's I've peaked once in my whole competing career and yeah I could definitely see how having even a meal plan for that last week can make such a difference in that because I felt like when I was doing macros as well I'm like am I eating enough like of this or that or like I don't know if this is what's going to help me in a few days or not or so I could totally see how that could really like help that like with that um yeah difference with peaking because of that yeah 100 percent. i i was like the way that i was just i was dropping weight crazy because you know i go from you know having my foods a lot more seasoned prior i wasn't really tracking like as much of my salt till it came two weeks out and cash is like we need to be deliberate on xyz and when i did that no no splenda no artificial sweeteners none of that stuff like i didn't use any of that i had such a tremendous peaking to the point where i was like in my head one day when i was like taking a salt bath and i was like feeling my stomach and i'm like cash i think my pms is starting early because i feel like he's like no Ma'am, you are peeled like that was the lowest my weight was the entire competitive career i'm like 119 pounds <laughs> he's like you just get like, yeah because i'm like i've never had a peak week feel so seamless like so mm-hmm. oh shit like this is too good you're like waiting for something to go wrong like <laughs> my period's gonna come i know it is <laughs> <laughs> so funny. um i would love to know like how your training and cardio is different too with your coach actually so with this time around um the guidance for cardio, it wasn't like too, too different in terms of like what kind of cardio to do or not, but just do a certain amount of minutes, but make sure that you're not able to talk kind of thing. You should be able to have a kind of conversation versus previously I was told to track a heart rate, which for me to track a heart rate, I can't 
do that because the heart rate zone I was told to previously be in was not enough for my body. Like 130 beats per minute, 135, don't do shit for me. I have to be at like 155, 165 in order to feel cardio. So that was not it. So him saying you should be doing cardio to the point where you're not able to have a full conversation. You could probably get a couple words out, but it should be that. That was a huge difference because that helped me understand my energy output I needed to put the effort that I needed to versus being told a heart rate than that that many minutes and I'm like all right you tell me to do 135 I'm like fuck I'm having a breeze this is nothing I get my heart rate goes up to you know easily goes to like 115 120 when I'm taking a walk you know what I'm saying so going to 130 was not gonna not I could literally put level four on the stairmaster and I'm good but didn't do anything for me and now training huge difference huge difference um versus like last preps or previous coaching was more high volume progressive overload was the focus with this prep like really pushing to failure you know just having like five or six exercises per workout day and pushing what eight to twelve eight to fifteen reps kind of thing but really focus on progressive overload, mind to muscle connection kind of thing, really chasing the having no more than two reps left in the tank type of thing. And that really made all the difference for me because I didn't push like that before. You know, I know Ashley knows like some of the workouts I had gone previously, there would be like 12 exercises. I'm like, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> three three different circuits three different circuits with four exercises in each and you got to do three rounds of each and i'm like i'm in the gym for two and a half hours to trying to get that done. it's so funny you bring that up like i've spoken we've like done episodes in the past of like how different our training is now and everything like that and that's like exactly what i've said i was like I have changed into like more of like hard progressive going back to compounds and stuff. And the the progress I personally made has been a world of a difference and doing high volume like that might work for some people, but like, it's not going to work for everybody. And um, yeah. Being in the gym for that long too, I was like, okay. (laughs) I'll be like, wait a second. So you want me to do frog kickbacks on the Smith machine and you want me to go over the cables over there and do like kickbacks as well? Somebody's going to say, what's Smith machine? Like, what's a mega set? (laughs) (laughs) too much. So it's definitely, yeah. The progressive overload scheme was so much better because it was doing a lot of junk moving, a bunch of accessories, like banded abductions, banded clamshells, banded fire hydrants, like all in one set with a hip thrust. I'm like, why am I doing three accessories with a hip thrust movement? Like, you know, I should be focused on the compounds and really targeting the muscles that really need the work. And that's what was definitely a huge difference this time around. Right. I could totally see it in your physique, though, like the density that you yeah. have to your density. muscle now, like the fullness. Um, like it, your it, yeah, was like yeah, like you can really see. Even you sitting right now, girl, look at those lats. Yeah. Channeling that figure, right? I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh it's good though I I think we all resonate with that going through you know different phases of training in our life and a lot of us have come back to those you know compounds and really feel it where you want to not just going through the motion tons of banded whatevers yeah Mm -hmm. 100 percent 
So as we just wrap up here, we want to ask you one final question. Um, we just kind of want to ask if we have some listen listeners that are tuning in right now that are kind of struggling or maybe they're kind of feeling like, is this time for me to pull back or is it not? Do you have one big piece of advice that you kind of wish that somebody had given you in that time? Yeah, that it's okay to take time away from the stage. Like it is more than okay. And it's going to be so beneficial to your journey ahead that you do take that time to focus on the external factors in your life that piece together in the puzzle of your life to make sure that you're able to actually succeed in anything you want to do. Because if they're missing pieces to your puzzle, whatever it is, you're going to be incomplete. And if you're incomplete, you're not going to be able to give your all to this next piece that really needs your attention. So I urge you, like, it's okay to take some time off. The biggest thing that people probably feel that they lose is relevance. And the thing is, y'all, nobody gives like seriously yes. like no like not about you that nobody gives a fuck people care about you but your journey is you like people only tune in so much to your journey like it doesn't matter to be relevant you know at the end of the day that's something that I felt was going to happen is I would lose relevance as a competitor but if anything, taking the time away was more beneficial to my relevancy because I surprised and shocked people coming mm -hmm. back so improved. And people didn't just see it in my physique, but they saw it in my energy, my mindset, and just the way that I was able to speak, you know, coming from where I was just over a year ago to coming to the show now. Not just the judges, but also all my followers and fans and people that have been following my journey, they can tell. They're like, I'm like, I didn't know people were still keeping up with me like that. Like, you know what I'm saying? So we were. We were. <laughs> <laughs> See, and that's what it goes to show you is like the biggest thing we fear is like losing relevance in our journey. And honestly, just pay attention to your own personal journey, your own small wins along the way as you take time to take care of yourself, your mental health wins, your producing a new routine that's beneficial for you wins, you know, your small, you know, uh, physique changes, your strength changes, your hormonal positive changes, different things like that, that are all wins in your book. Like those are things you need to focus on versus trying to win on stage. So those wins on stage are going to come once you collect these personal wins that you yourself see personally. Okay. Love that. Well, oh, thank yeah. you so much. And thank you so much for opening up to us and sharing like very vulnerable and personal things. Uh, we appreciate it. And we love having you on so, so much. Thank you guys. Uh, so Jazzy, why don't you plug your socials? Where can we find you? You can find me on Instagram. That's all I have. I'm not that cool for TikTok or the other things. So yeah, just jazzyfresh.ifbbpro Instagram. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for listening to another episode of Overall Package Podcast. I'm Astronaut Fit. Mine's Allison at Fitness. And I'm at Gabrielle Falietta. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much. Thanks. This is always the awkward part. Always. <laughs> 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 <laughs>